Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings. This is Big Mama's House. <laughs> this is your National Director of Operation 7, um, part of the People's Black Panther Party, and um, representing Chairman Yanga and Chief Ward. And we get together and do radio every Sunday. Every Sunday we're bringing you information that you can use either in your home, uh, out in political understandings and in political circles, um, trying to understand the dysfunction of America. Every Sunday we have an angle in which we come together, we build, we grow, we come up with some solutions. You know, it's not just enough to talk about the problem, but we have to really get into understanding what are some of the solutions that we could be coming up with. And so I'm so happy to... Um, I have a, I don't have a co-host, I have an additional host. we got two hosts. Um, I'm going to bring my other big mama on, find out how she's doing, how the week has treated her and her family. Let's see if I can do this right quick. Greetings, welcome to the show. Greetings. Love and light, family, love and light. How are you? <laughs> I am well, and yourself? I am grandish. <laughs> every day, every day above ground is a good day. So. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. A day to get it right, you know. Yeah. And I guarantee you, uh, what you don't get right today, you'll get another chance tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh-huh. I promise that. <laughs> How are you and the family doing? Everyone is doing well on this end. Thank you. Thank good. you. Good, good. Look, holding down Big Mama House ain't no easy task, okay? That's why it's a Big Mama, okay, because the little mamas, they still learn it. But we have to get to this Big Mama topic right here. Um, you know, this is kind of uh, spawned from we've had, I think for the last three or four weeks, we've had these great debates going on where, we're, de- you know, it's been a question, okay, what role does the family play in this revolutional understanding? What role do women play on the front line? Um, I think the chairman had a uh, conversation about, I think the gist of it was about voting, how effective it is, do we need to vote, how, who, you know, what's the senses on voting and everything else like that. So um, it's been very electric, you know, and if you wanted to check out, any of the past shows, you go to the People's Black Panther Party, the Facebook page, listed there are all of the shows. If you want to go back, if you missed it, because it was, it was a little spicy right there, if you missed it, you can go sure back was. and check it Okay? <laughs> you had a whole lot going on there, you know? Uh, so if you want to go back and, and understand where some of this this heat is coming from, check out a couple of the older shows and then you know, let us know what you think. But there was some uh, real question as to um, the women in the movement. I thought that was quite strange. You know, Sister Nikita, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, ring in on that. You know, did did you want before we even get into this next topic? Because once we once we crack the door, <laughs> this door is going to fly off the handle. But did you want to speak on, you know, the women in the movement thing? What, what, how did you feel about it? Oh, I thought God. it was strange that the brothers oh. were having a conversation without the women in the first place. I thought that was strange. 
and then it just got stranger. It was interesting. (laughs) It was quite interesting, the parts that I was able to get. Um, I understood some viewpoints, but the women were always involved in everything, like it or not. And just because we choose not to be in the forefront with cameras in our faces doesn't mean the work isn't getting done behind the scenes. Right. Unfortunately, you have some people that mistake our willingness to work behind the scenes. They forget that we will go to the front. Right. <laughs> we will turn right. up, and we'll turn around like nothing happened. Right. You know, uh, it, we're all dealing with post-traumatic slave disorder. Like it or not, at different stages. And unfortunately, regardless of how some people may feel, this is my opinion, the black woman, we're not protected the way we should be. I Mm -hmm. understood where the brother was coming from as far as men stepping up a lot more. Um, I don't think it came across that way. (laughs) Right, right. It it got really spicy. (laughs) It got really spicy. I mean, I I understood. It, I almost felt like uh, the way uh, Angela Davis had felt when she for the Million Man March. You know, and after brothers right. want to get together for another day of atonement, because if I'm not mistaken, it's been 25 years. So, I mean, if that's what you want to do, by all means, make it do what it do. But you don't get to tell us where to be. When, mm-hmm. when it comes to the women, we're by far more consistent. Mm-hmm. We are the first teachers so. of the household. Mm-hmm. So you have to mm-hmm. understand that part and respect that part. Now, if people yeah. choose to be in the background, that's because we choose to. But don't think, you know, the weapons won't come out just as quick as those that are sitting right. in the forefront, you know. So yeah. it, it was it was quite interesting, several um, several interesting parties. And um, yeah. matter of fact, one, one brother... He was talking about, I think, what's his name? Kingman, uh, you know I'm talking Psych. about. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, I mean, he came through and he just dropped the bomb of knowledge, and it was just like, we don't agree to disagree on this part because there is room for growth. And he outlined solutions and things that yes, he, he is currently implementing. And for us, and anyone who's listened to us for more than one show, you understand we're solution focused. We have mm-hmm. to have a solution. We have to give you something to take back that you can work on for the next 30 days. We're not expecting mm-hmm. you to turn around and have this <laughs> this, this magical whoop that is, oh, I, I'm this person. No, we're not expecting any of that. We're realistic. Right. We want to find solutions that you can implement that you can teach your family, that you can teach your your circle, and that everyone can implement collectively, you know, mm-hmm. because that's where it's going to start. You right. know, you can just I know. throw a child or throw a man out into the middle of whatever, and they have no knowledge of self. They don't know anything about their history. They don't know anything about weaponry. And really, most of <laughs> y'all better get your bodies right. Right. Because what happens right. is all you have is your physical strength to tackle someone. You can't get to the gun. So there are certain things that we have to do, you know, revolution in our food, in the way that we view things. I mean, it was just so much. It, it was a quite an interesting series, and I tried to jump in so many times. It just <laughs> <laughs> it 
it, but it was quite we interesting. So much, we, we had so much going on. Um, that brother, Psych, uh, he had a, he has a video about 15 minutes long speaking about, you know, what it takes, the makeup of a man, basically. And I was so impressed with it. I put it on my Facebook page. Now it's circled all over the place and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. And I really hope everybody takes a second to to listen to that because I need you to understand that this challenge of manhood, unfortunately, is not limited just for men because women are, we're, we're still going through it too. We're still redefining self as it is. Um, so I was, like I said, I was impressed with the video. I don't spend videos around my stuff, but I, I thought that was worth hearing and worth a uh-huh. couple people hearing. And so um, I, I put that on my Facebook page, and I, I sent it out personally to a couple of people, including my son. I was like, son, I want uh-huh. to hear a black man talk about being a black man um, and the challenges and the struggles of being a black man. And so he listened to it, and that allowed us, him and I, to have more debate and more discussion about who he is trying to uh, create within himself. So it was, you know, the show, although it was chaotic, had a lot of stuff going on, I thought it brought up very, very good key points. And and so I was like, hey, we got to talk about these key points. We got to get this in. Uh One of the points that came up was um, this generational divide. And this is something that we have fought about many – I mean, I've been fighting with this for years. Um, Being involved in the movement, particularly in Atlanta, where it's a little um, uh, (laughs) cliquish. I don't know. I don't know know a nice word to say politics, black politics in Atlanta – but black politics in Atlanta is its own animal. It is very, very uh, competitive and everything else like that. But um, what I did was we we always spoke about how to engage this next generation. How do we pull them in? And even in a discussion last week, it came out we had a uh, there was a young chairman that was speaking. He was very young. I, 25, I think. I don't know. I know of him. I know of him. I don't know him personally. But um, young brother, having strong opinions, to me, anyone who's willing to stand up and say, I'm a panther, I got a lot of respect for you, just off the grip, okay? And then to be young in doing it means that you're kind of pushing away from your peers and saying, hey, look, you know, all this is good. We can millennial, we can text all day. But understand, I am about something bigger in my community. So that means something Mm -hmm. to me. And when you stand up and take a position of authority and say, no, no, I'm the chairman. I'm going to run this thing. You know, so not only am I going to represent, I'm going to represent one of these higher offices. I was impressed. You know, I I really was. And I thought he had a lot to offer. So, but not everybody was. And so... And, and I think that the challenges in receiving what he had to say was 100% the different generations that come are that are there that are coming about. Uh-huh. So I know you work. You've been working in the community forever, um, and you have generations that you work with. You know, when y'all roll, y'all roll three generations deep. And I, 
every time I see it, it makes my mouth water. I'd be like, look at look at all this beautiful blackness right here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And, I, I mean, everything I can do and bring my okay. children into, I'm like, look, this is this is part of the generational divide. But even when we do that, they're not receiving it the way we are. They, they're different. So, so what differences have you seen in this divide? <laughs> I, I think um, goodness, it, it, there, you mean with the millennials or within my own family? Both. They're they're just so different. That combination. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. For some of them, I think it's out of sight, out of mind. Mm. But I believe the out of sight, out of mind is more so because you don't acknowledge that these things are going on every day. Mm. You don't acknowledge that there is institutional racism. You don't uh, acknowledge all of these different things that are going on that are race-based. So because you don't acknowledge you don't even recognize that that's a hindrance for you. And because you don't recognize that it's a hindrance, you don't fight against it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. go over here and I'm going to crack a joke and I'm going to do a YouTube video and I'm going to get this one and that one and I'm going to be all right <clears throat> until there's a bigger issue. Right, right. I you know, I really so. had to tell my daughter, I said, you really need to be a part of several community organizations because Absolutely. you have boys. Yeah. You have boys. So there's yeah. going to be some stuff you're going to have to do behind the scenes to cover and protect them and to educate them that you may not want to do, but you need to do. And they were things mm-hmm. that I had to do as a single mom to protect my girls, and I did a lot with the youth. And mm-hmm. even then, um, it was a little bit more motivation then. Because it was more in your face. Right. Right. Um, but yeah. there are some organizations, I, good gracious, there was one organization I was a part of, and I love this sister daily before her transition. Um, but I promise you, she had to have been the secretary for at least 40 something years. Uh-huh. So you mean uh-huh. in 40 years, you did not have one young person come through that you could teach? Okay. Amen. Okay. And And, you know, we loved her. We respected her. But, I mean, in 40 years, you couldn't find a way to pass the torch? Yeah. And not just pass the torch. What about pass the skill? You know what I'm saying? That's a job. You know what I'm saying? We have the opportunity to be educating them, not just because they have a banner to hold, but these little ones may need a job one day. You know, I um, yeah. as my little ones making plans to come out of school, I'm we're getting businesses lined up. We're doing this, we're doing that, and I had to slow down. I'm like, well, are you doing too much? And I was like, wait a minute, these others when they come out of school, they already have house waiting for them, car waiting for them, jobs waiting uh-huh. for them, and and they're already set up. So it's like, why are we not doing more to set these generations up? But you know, when you talk mm-hmm. about resistance. I think about, like, having 10-pound weights on my leg. Right now, if you put 10 pounds weight, weights on my leg, I'm going to cry, okay? By, by the time I get to the front of the house, I'm going to be in tears. But put them on there since birth is going to be a different story. Um, put them on uh-huh. there and not tell the person they build up a resistance to that weight, and they start to think that that weight is normal. And so I think that's what's going on with this generation. They're carrying around baggage 
and they're carrying around like it ain't heavy. And we're like, honey, trust me, you're not supposed to carry around weights like that on your ankle. But there, there's a divide there. <clears throat> there's things getting lost in translation. And I really think mm-hmm. some of this is just translation. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. Mhm. And just well, look, I won't even just say with their generation, but in general with people, you know, mm-hmm. some ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And real wow. again, like man, I yeah, but blatant stupidity is something different. That's a whole okay. nother beast, and you can get it for that. But ignorance, okay, <laughs> for some people to to live in that ignorance works well yeah. for them because then they're not responsible. You can't have any expectations of me because I don't know what you're talking about, even though it's all in your face. Wow. Wow. Yeah, then there's that. Then there's that. Yeah. You know, um, and the reason why I had to title this, I'm about to come, I think it, I think this is the chairman on the line. I'm going to open up his mic in two seconds, you know, but I think, you know, we have to also understand and think about see, the reason why I labeled this generation of what the hell I wanted to say, what the fuck, because I don't know who's right or wrong. I don't. You know, because I sit back and I think, are our ideas outdated? Have we, you know, really gone through, are we trying to relive the golden years of back in the day when we did this and did that? You know, and so I'm like, we have to really get to the point where we're discussing not just them, but ourselves as well. Are we outdated? Exactly. Are we going about and things in an antiquated way? For our own. And this is why we have to work you know on solutions. Saying? We have to work on solutions. We have to build the bridge. Somebody got to send out the olive branch. You know, we have to because the thing about it is the people that hurt when we don't do this are the very people we say that we're interested in helping. So I'm gonna uh-huh. see if this is the chairman. I'm gonna hold on just a second. Greetings, welcome to the show. Okay, greetings. Peace. Greetings, good how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Peace, Mr. Makita, how are you? I'm grand, how are you? I'm, hey, listen, doing it, doing it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to contribute to the show. One of the, I think this is a great topic, but you know what, I had an aha moment, and it was Solomon, actually. You know, one of our members that gave him the aha moment. I remember when it was uh, yourself, me, Sister Seven, and Solomon, and we were speaking to him. And I was trying to get him to understand. And at the end of the discussion, you know, Solomon's cool, complex. He's like, uh, nah, nah, mm-mm, mm-mm. And when he left, I was like, why? Wow, he's so in, you know, this sense of entitlement. And you hit me with the aha moment. You said, well, shouldn't he be? I mean, isn't that job well done for us? See, we're still carrying the baggage. You know, we still feel like, ooh, we should be so thankful we folk and this white man or whoever had given us this. They, We did a job so well. They were born into it like, I don't know a time when I didn't have it. I'm not going to think about that time, and I wish you would try to take it. Because I don't know. See, we still looking at the luxury, you know, like, oh, my God, what did we fought to get this? Now, that is good and bad because, if we're not careful, it can be taken for granted. So my whole approach in, in, in that, you know, aha moment with you and Solomon was give them the history, but don't give them the baggage. Just give them the facts. Right. You know, right. let them know how we fought for voting, how instrumental voting was. But, you know, 
less, less, the pain should be less and less. We always carry the scars, but we shouldn't carry the pain of the whipped one, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's lessen the pain for them, you know. Let their fight be something else so their children will grow up and be entitled, be like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. I'm going to get this flying car. You know, I remember when cars had wheels, damn it. Yeah. Flying car, yeah. you know, let their struggle be something different. But and, and that's my whole thing, and I uh, thank for you letting me to contribute, but that's it, man, to reiterate. You know, job well done, parents. If you're seeing that sense of entitlement in your children, job well done. That means you have bared that burden. You have done that thing to let these children know that you are black. You are entitled to these things. Now, let's let them not forget the history and the struggle, but we don't have to give right. them the pain and the abuse that came with it. Right. Appreciate them listening right. in. Absolutely. Well, your mic is going to be open, so join in, jump in anytime you feel like it, please. Um, yeah, you know, and, and then I also want to think, do we need to, for this next generation, do we need to kind of like, um, I don't want to say sneak the vegetables in, but do we need to find a way that's more palatable for them to get these lessons, okay, because they're not, they do have white friends, you know what I'm saying, and not they don't see all white people as the problem. And so we the blanket problems and the blanket solutions, I think, is, are going to fail them every single time. You know, um, we have to look at it more. I think we have to change our language uh, in order to reach them, in order for them to even begin to understand what we're referring to. So um, because I know right. when I say the word <laughs> oppression, it is everything comes off the table and it's like oppression. No, no, I'm not oppressed. You know, I, I'm a handle mine. I got mine living in this rented apartment with an upside down car with no savings, five dollars in the second account, and you know, all my hand. What, what you think you're handling, son? What do you think you're handling like that? You know, um, you know, I, we've spoken about not. The, I'm not my ancestors. You will catch these hands. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. They were chopping off <laughs> hands back then, boo. I don't think you realize that hands were a luxury back then. Okay, catch what hands? The hands that they just took off right. your body? And so, you know, I don't think they understand the absolute harshness and, and brutality in um, what was going on. So I don't think they understand the intensity in which they have to return that or just how the risk that they're in. I think some of them do know. They just don't care. Wow. Because they feel when they look at the history, well, if if this person did A, B, C, and D correct according to the laws, according to what society told them, whatever, whatever, and they still die, or if you come over here with that, then you're getting it off the gate. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. not going to be another image, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing, you know, for this generation, we have to stop and think they're already dealing with some pretty harsh realities. So I think sometimes they they are a little numb to what's going on. You know, they're, they're seeing people in their neighborhood shot. They're seeing people dying. They see people, you know, the people's mamas cracked out. How your mama get cracked out, you know? And so mm-hmm. they're seeing so much violence already that they, they're they really numb to, to anything else. 
You know, I think we've been I, lulled to sleep. Yes, Chairman? No, I was I, I was agreeing, but I, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're lulled to sleep between video games and, you know, substance abuse and, you know, and they, they're only getting excited over things like money and clothes and shoes. And, you know, I, I think because the value systems have changed so drastically that, you know, the things that we're trying to get hyped for are money things. You know, all those other stuff like teachers and education and speaking, that's not exciting. You know, that don't make no money. It don't make no money. I don't see the purpose. Yeah, I totally agree. And I and, and, the, and to add to it, you know, to go back to that, like you were saying, that whole saying, I'm not your answer, we're not with ancestors, you, you can catch those hands yep. and so on and so forth. I think that that is probably one of the biggest problems is the disconnect to the ancestors. The um, We have failed to activate that gene that is in us. So they, we, they do feel like that. You know, some of them, whether ignorantly or being funny or whatever, feel like that their uh, ancestors didn't fight back. You know, they don't see what the problem is or the attachment to what they're going through today to it that is systemic. You know, and I think that that's one of our failures to really show them that this is, you're not going through nothing new. You know what I'm saying? It's the same goal, same objective. It might be a modified tactic, but all of this is interwoven in your history and your ancestors fought it on all fronts and wars that you didn't know about. You know, so, you know, when I find them, this so-called warlike, you know, I like to tell them about the seminal wars and a lot of wars that you didn't know about or that were masqueraded at other things. So I said that to say an attachment to the ancestors with not so much as a, a teaching mechanism, but as sitting and, and, and really just a think tank with them. Like how does it fit in? How can it apply? Giving them building blocks and pieces of the tools to fit together because it's, you know, now we're passing on the remnants of a mess that we couldn't clean up. They're going to have to, but we have to give them at least what we part of the puzzle we did put together, you know, give right. it to them, let them look at it at that perspective and say, but you're not going to complete your puzzle without this piece. At some point in time, we, we are going to have to, despite all their thinking that they know what's going on, we are going to have to impose and enforce a certain uh, understanding or a certain pattern to it. It's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wanted to invite any any and everyone, if you want to join the conversation, what you have to do is press 1. Tell us the switchboard node you'd like to join in the conversation. Um, and as a reminder, everybody, we do this every Sunday, okay? This just happens to be where we are today. We're trying to get this generation divide in. We're trying to find out how to reach that next generation, turn around, how do we? How can we give the information to you better? You know, this, this is an open conversation. There aren't any wrong answers. Um, the only wrong answer is the one we don't get a chance to speak about because you didn't press one and we didn't join the conversation. So I really would like everybody to know, please, this is open dialogue. We're here to learn. Open-minded. You're not going to get chewed on. Um, but but we have to get to the point where we can speak about these things freely because we have to find out why this divide exists. You know, one of the things I wanted to, you know, talking about the generational divide, talking about young people, right? Um, I remember hearing about and learning about 
um, Marcus Garvey, the Honorable Marcus Garvey's um, big event that he had. Where, and I was, I, I remember, you know, this is when everyone came into, I think this is what, New York? And um, he had all of these people dressed up. And, and I was like, how did he do that with no email or Facebook, no Instagram or Twitter, <laughs> not calling? How did he do that knowing that everybody that came there was at risk of getting killed on the way home? See, it wasn't a matter of going to the protest now and we're going to shout and holler and scream. We might even fight, might even get tear gassed. But in general, you're not thinking about dying. You know, you're not thinking about ending up on a tree. And so, you know, I don't. I was always amazed at how he could uh, have so many people come gather and know. And 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 how did he even get that information out? So I sit back and look at us now. Like we did it easy. You know, we have Facebook, we have phones, we can meet without threat of death. You know, now we all have a, a – there's always an underlying threat there. But I'm talking about the over – we waiting for you outside with the guns and the pickup, with the cross already burning, you know. So um, we don't have those overt signs as much now, but we're not even doing as much. You know, so my question is, you know, I'm asking about this generation, what the hell, not just talking about these millennials, also about us. You know, what are we doing you know how if with the tools that we have now, we should be able to do three, four, five times what our parents did, but we're not. So you know that's why I didn't couldn't even put which generation was what the hell. All of them. You know I think in order for us really to speak to these millennials, to to have information for them, I think we also have to be really brutally honest with ourselves, what we're doing. You know, how successful we've been at what we're doing. Because we can't show, I don't know about anybody else's child, but mine, we can't show them things that don't work and say, go do this. Because they, they're too, they, we've trained them to be smart. We've trained them to be educated. They're going to look at you and be like, go do what? But that didn't work for you. You know, maybe do I need to do it differently? Because if it didn't work for you, why would I go do that same thing? So in order for us to give them anything, I think we have to really evaluate where we are and what we're doing mm. and what we're giving them directly mm-hmm. and indirectly, you know? I have a caller that would like to uh, I'm sorry, say it again? No, I was just saying that I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's part of, yeah, I think that's part of what we miss, you know? Sometimes they don't look at what we're doing and the results until we're dead. And I'm like, no, in mm-hmm. order for us to pass it down, we got to look at it right now and look at it honestly and say, is this something worth passing down? And not just what I say, what I'm doing, because these kids is looking at you. They're not just listening. It's not just ears. They're looking at you. They want to see, what is this? What are you doing? So I'm okay. I'm going to grab a collar real quick. Sure. We want to know about this generational yeah. divide. Yeah. Greetings, welcome to the show. Yes, exactly. I agree. Um, I would have just like to see a comment uh, from raising four children. Um, I think a lot of the, the parents are the role models. When the kids don't they have that, be. you know, mm-hmm. they don't have that role model. Then 
Well, the aunties should step in, or the grandmother, like when I was raised. I had the village. I had people stepping in. A lot of the kids don't have Amen. So, um, and then I also think they should put it in when they're little. Don't wait until they become teenagers. Put this stuff in their history and all this stuff in when they're little, because if they don't, you don't teach them, somebody else will. Maybe in a negative way. That's yep. all I'm kind of, you know, saying. They, like you said, um, the the newer generation. How are we gonna lead? Because they, you know, we say one thing, but our kids look at what our actions. You know, they look at our actions. We can say yes. one thing, but we're doing something else. They say, "Well, that's what the mom said, don't do that," but you're doing it. So yeah, you, we gotta watch that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely, sure. you were saying it right. We don't need to wait to the last minute. <laughs> don't wait. Don't wait till they've grown enough to talk back to you. You know, <laughs> start with those bedtime stories. Don't wait because <laughs> they'll uh-huh. have something to say to you as you saying something to them. You know, don't wait. Go ahead and grab them and help them. So thank yeah. you so much for adding that to the program, Carla. We appreciate that. Okay. You're welcome. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And I have another call in the key that I'd like to speak. I'm going to bring them on, okay? Sure. All right, greetings. Welcome to the program. Greetings. Caller? Yes, hello. Caller, and name is 6103. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry about that. How are you doing this evening? Greetings. Oh, we're doing well. Yeah, thanks for taking my call out. I was hoping to talk to you about some of the issues we see um, with this upcoming election and some of the policies that people have been talking about. And I'm just fascinated to know as far as, like, I see a lot of people in America now all of a sudden on board with a lot of these government programs, wanting full government health care, you know, free college tuition, all these different programs that these politicians and the Democrats are promising that they could say, well, we could get these things. And all we'd have to do is raise taxes on corporations in the top 1%. And they, mm-hmm. they try to point to countries like Norway and Sweden and Denmark, and they say, you see these countries, they have these large socialist programs and, you know, all this. And I'm just, I'm hearing all this, and I'm an immigrant myself, and I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, here you live in a country that everyone in the world tries to come to. Everyone on this planet tries to get here because this is the best place to live. you got the most freedom. You got economic opportunity. It's the easiest country on the earth to come up in and make money. But then you listen to people from here, and it's like they talk as if they live in this oppressed land. They got it bad. Things are hard. And it's like, what? What? what, what I mean, I don't know how Americans got so off track and like lost touch of reality that you guys think you got it bad. When you got poor right. people walking Absolutely. around at 350 pounds. Let me jump in here with no, you, Carla, because no I, I think those are some great... Well, there's poor, fat people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. those are some great points. May I ask, Carla, where you're from? Ethiopia. Ethiopia, I love it, Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to answer some of the questions <clears throat> for you. Because being my brother from the continent, you absolutely don't get our struggle as Africans here in America. One, I can understand because a lot of our brothers in the continents don't want to accept their role that they played in the slave trade. You know, they want to remain neutral. So I understand that. Um, That's the first thing. So we look at the guilt complex attached to our brothers in the continent. Secondly, when you get over here, when you're talking about this great country, here's why black Africans here are offended. Because all of the benefits that you think you receive, all of this greatness was had at your ancestors, but at your your relatives' expense. What part of our enslavement for 475 years don't you get? What part of economic 
educational, political divide of the black community. Don't you get it? What part of the history, our history, don't you get? So when you go to talking about, and then you, you must not have a television. Apparently you don't have a television. And then what part of the systemic racism, brutalization, and murder of black Africans don't you get? And here, to add further insult to injury, our brothers come from the continent. And not do you not only do you not try to help us to advance, try to show us some cultural ways, try to you distance yourself and say us Ethiopians, us foreigners, man, you black, brother. When they pull your black African ass out of that car, they don't care your dialect, your they're gonna see a Negro, they're gonna see a nigga with good hair and they're gonna murder you. So it would only be advantageous for yourself to affiliate yourself with us and don't bite into this Republican-Democrat because we don't. We're forced to pick a side. When we were free from slavery, my dear brother African from the continent, we weren't given the choice to return back to our original land. We weren't given the choice to separate. We were forced to, to be included in their system. And with that being said, when we were forced to be included in their system, when you guys come over here and not understanding that, no, I said that to say, so we don't have a party. We don't have a dog in this fight. Democrats have fucked us. Excuse my language, family show. Democrats have screwed us. And so we was Republicans at one time. Then Republicans were screwing us. So we went to them. We keep getting screwed. Right? You need to come. What's going on with Ethiopia? You know what it is. Y'all had a civil war with Eritrea and the whole thing, and the fascists coming. You have your own history. And don't let me get in the history of Ethiopia because we would understand completely why you have the attitude that you have towards the colonized uh, ex and, uh, descendants of, 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 of African slaves. Man, it's a new day. So, yeah, we know we got it bad, but we don't sit around bitching and moan about it. This is what this is about. We're changing those conditions. And we're not buying into the political process. And I know you got to say certain things. I don't want them to get your green card and send you back over that Ethiopia. I know you like it here. Big Macs are hell. But guess what? We're immune to the trickery. We the, the devil no longer that no longer fascinates us. Everything you that came over here and fascinated with, I'm a foreigner, and you guys have the great man. We see past that. We pull the curtain back on the wizard, and it's a little midget running the scene. Be over here long enough. <laughs> I've lived in a community of Somalians, and I've seen third-generation Somalians gang-banging harder than black Americans. Be over here long enough. Just watch your children. This piece will gobble you. I'm sorry, Seven, please continue. <laughs> yeah. I would okay. like to add something could I, uh, to that. Could I respond? Because he made, he made several Can I add something to? That just weren't true. Mm-hmm. Brother. Can I just mm-hmm. respond real quick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first off, he assumed that I didn't know the history of this you wanted country, me to go of ahead black and Americans that gone through. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, see, that's that's, that's part of the problem right it. there, brother. If you don't mind, excuse me, I'm just going to share something really quickly. It's not a us versus them situation. It's a us. It's not our history against your history. It's our, we, we all yes. went through this. Okay, yes. so when even though you had those of us that were already here, indigenous to this land, they were mm-hmm. black, <laughs> nice mm-hmm. and chocolate. And then when you have those that were transported over here, okay, the family dynamics changed over there just as much as it changed over here. To have someone snatched mm-hmm. from your household changes your household dynamics. 
I wanted to mention two names briefly that a lot of times people forget about. Let's think about Abner Luima, the Haitian immigrant. Let's think about Amadou Diallo. You know, I was yeah. there at John Jay College, and a lot yeah. of non. It, it was just. It was. It yeah. was so much. I can see all the foolishness right now with my child in my belly, fighting so that she wouldn't have to go through this, so that the future generations wouldn't have to go through this. What people don't don't understand when you come from different countries, there are certain programs that are set up just for you economically to give you a Mm -hmm. heads up. And they will deny that same thing to a sister like me that was born and raised here. Yeah. And that's not uh, in the land of make-believe. That's the truth. And I've seen it time and time again. So, granted, there may be some benefits in comparison to other countries, but then there are some things that we have going on here that you would not benefit from if we weren't fighting and sacrificing on this Mm -hmm. side of the fence for all Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. You can go ahead. Yeah. My, My black national understanding comes from Miami, and I was there on the shores as we're trying and begging for them to let boatloads of Haitians on. Now they let the Cubans come in because the Cubans are passable in color, some of them. But the Haitians were literally shark food. They're over, they're coming over on these rafts, okay? And they were, they wouldn't even let them come on the land. And we saw them literally die one after one into the oceans because this country would not let them on, even though we just let on a whole bunch of Cubans, okay? So the immigration understanding is real. And the African Americans here on this continent have been, in this country, have been fighting for all black and brown rights. So there's a lot to what we do and how we do it. But you have to understand it's been a fight and a struggle the whole time. So even though we are glad that we have this small victory here, it doesn't even come close to the cost that we had to pay for it. You know, how many boatloads of Haitians had to die before they started coming up with international rules that say that you won't allow that? You know, so even though there are benefits here, there are children, and this is all about the next generation, there are lots of benefits that they have, but the cost was way too high for what we had to endure to get it. And so that's why it's always a little bittersweet. Now, you can come on the back end and say, okay, all I see is sweet. And we're like, well, that's good, because that means we've been able to choke down the bitter enough for you to even see the sweet that we've had. But this is generations of bitter. It's generations Mm -hmm. of dying and generations of blood to get to this point where we can have this conversation. So I'm glad that Mm -hmm. you're listening. I'm glad that you're listening, and I hope that you're pulling something from this because we really want everybody to understand this is a serious struggle. This is where the whole generational divide comes in at, you know, because if you're under 30, that's we have a whole new different understanding. You you see things differently. You didn't see the boatloads that had to die by the shark. You know, you didn't see them killing indiscriminately. You know, you didn't see all that. So now on this end, my question is, well, what do you see? 
let let me educate you as to what you're looking at. You know, you may be seeing, you know, uh, a, a, a new police bus, another black unarmed man dying. I'm mad that unarmed is now a, a term of de- of description because I really don't know many black men that walk around with arms on a regular. So how did we have to come to the point where we have to define that he didn't have arms on him? But, you know, now we see that, but I'm telling you that this is nothing compared to the, how they used to hang us in trees. So when I tell them, don't wait for it to get to that point. Fight about it now. Fight right here on the ground while you have a, a little bit of right. You know, if you want to go protest, protest. You want to have your voice heard, vote, whatever, whatever you got to do. But we need to be fighting in some way and manner to make sure that we're not setting this next generation up to learn some lessons we've already learned. And this is this is a perfect example. So thank you so much, caller. Um, press one if you'd like to join in the conversation. Don't let your voice not be heard because this Please. is your moment. Please. You know, we always say, you know, well, I didn't, you didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. You didn't ask me. Well, I'm asking you, what do you see as, your pro- as the problem, and what can we, that next generation or two up from you, do to help you? How can we get this clearer for you? I definitely call in. Press one. Listen, I'm listening in. I got a few minutes. I'm going to have to get off here. I just want to say the last thing because I am the chairman, so I can have the last word there. Um, on that issue, listen, love all our people. I love what Makita said. Like she said, it's all about black people, man. You know what I'm saying? But as a black nationalist, first and foremost, because it's all about us globally, Pan-Africanism, but as a black nationalist, right here in the local I live, you know, I love my brothers from the continent and all my brothers that come over to America, but understand this. The reason you can come over here is that the sacrifices of your brothers and sisters over here. There was a time we couldn't even vote. So you think there was going to be a time they opened up borders so y'all come to enjoy all of the things that you enjoy and that we don't take advantage of? No. You have the option and the privilege to take advantage of them because of the sacrifices of Mega Evans, Dr. King, Malcolm X, uh, the, the Mississippi Freedom Riders, Fannie Lou Hammer. Our history is black African nationalists. As new Africans, is strong. So just remember, hey, we all family, but don't come in my house and go talking about what my house is. Your house is not like this. Hey, man, hey, you're in my house, man, and you got here by our invite, our actions, and our efforts. All powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, black power. Black power. Yep. And and that look Mm -hmm. is real. Everything, every word was whispered was real. You know, we, we have to really begin to understand where, who made this sacrifice. You know, I remember there, maybe about five years ago, they were talking this big go back to Africa movement. And I'm like, go back to Africa. My ancestors gave me the key to this place. This I, I got a key, you know. And when you get a key, that means you got rights. You know, that key gives you rights. You can come and go as you wish. So I'm like, wait a minute, how are you going to tell me to go back to somewhere where I don't have a key? And I got this key right here in my hand. So, you know, um, they're always mm-hmm. trying to create and divide us. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no divide. This is why we're talking about this generational divide. We have got to get 
closer to this next generation that's coming up. You know, we have got to get everything that we need for them situated. So, you know, that that's why we're having this particular conversation right here. How do we how do we speak to them? You know, how do we get their understanding? How do we even get their attention? Because sometimes they seem so lackadaisical about things, you know. So I, I, this is what but we're they are for. paying so attention. Oh, oh, they're paying you know, attention. They are paying attention. They are watching us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they're different from us, and we have to respect that. You know what I'm saying? Everyone is different. Everyone has their own way of handling things. So tell us your language, though. If you don't ever say, I don't get it, you know, I don't get a, the word oppression. You know, fair, you can say the word fair to me, and I'm all ready to fight. We can do that. But oppression, I don't feel no oppression. You know, so we have, if, if it's terminology, let's get to the terminology. That's the problem. You know, um, what happens when our young people aren't listening and watching our, our history clues that we leave for them? You know, like I love the long list, and ending and everyone listening, all of the names that Sister Makita said, every name that the chairman said, if you don't know what they stood for and if you don't know the state that they're from, you got some homework to do tonight. And don't feel don't feel no kind of way about it. I have listened to many shows, especially War and uh, the Panther 48. When they get together, I'm there with pen and paper, writing down book titles, uh-huh. um, this name, that name, because if there's something I don't know and they've said it, I'm like, okay, I need to understand even what that whole reference is about. So um, any name that you heard that you don't know, Take a minute, write it down, do the research. And this is part of the generational mm-hmm. divide. I think part of the divide is our generation doesn't feel as if the new generation does their homework. You know what I'm saying? It, it's almost like uh, they read one chapter. Or, no, no, not even read. They watch a YouTube video, and in the YouTube video mm-hmm. it says X, Y, and Z, um, and, and now they act like they're experts on that. That's a problem we have. That's a problem. Because mm-hmm. we're like, if you would have read the book, you would have realized there was so much more before and after that that you obviously didn't get. So, you know. Even if they what... would have read the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> the cliff notes give you more information than you two. But it's yeah. really just kind of that mentality. And it's also it also yeah. goes back to the Willie Lynch syndrome. Regardless of how you feel about that document or not, um, the information still holds true. The divide and conquer, even now with the new Africans and the old Africans, and, you know, there's no separation. There's no difference between us because, believe me, if they roll up on the block, they're going to snatch you just as quick as they snatch me. And what we're going to need to do is learn these languages together so we can still communicate. You know, that's what needs to be done. Um, And I, I... I guess because I was there, like, right smack in the middle of a lot of protests, and I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice. So I'm around all the cops. And in the yeah. middle of all of this, where Abner Luima, um, not Abner Luima, but Amadou Diallo, and he got shot, what, 20-something times over his wallet? You thought he yeah. had a gun coming out of his own place, yeah. out of his home. So just just that quick, you know, it could have been any of us. So instead of unfortunate, these unfortunate situations pulling us closer together, 
is creating it. They want you to have this illusion, that whole thing that people over here are lazy and this, this, and that. But they don't yes. teach you about, oh, you know, we got you set up from kindergarten to middle school. By middle school, we've already got a record going on you. So by the time you get in high school, you'll be prepared for jail. And then when you get out of there, if, if you don't have a good support system, then you'll never get a job. And then the recidivism rate, they're not telling you all of that when you come yep. on a scholarship, you know, on a visa. You know, you're able to do that because of all these sacrifices that other people have done. So, no, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> our delivery on stuff can be a little bit different. But, come on, it's the, it's our It's all of us. It's all yeah. of us. We're all in this together. Yeah. And this is a part of the solution, being able to have this platform, to have this open communication, this open dialogue, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and then come with a Rasta Foundation, you know, when he said <laughs> Ethiopia, you know, it, it was a little different vibration. But then after that, I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Did it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I felt, you know, you had that initial year, and then it's like, wait, hold up. So you're going to act like all of this didn't happen? This happened. Right. This was right. the reality right. of living here. Yeah. And yeah. some of us and, have and gone that, through that, some battles and are still going through battles that you'll never know. That's that bittersweet. There, there, ain't no victories here sweet. Ain't no, nothing yeah. in America has been sweet for black people. I promise you that. It has come from blood, sweat, and tears. Ain't nothing sweet on it. So um, uh-huh. it's real. The sacrifices real. have been real. The murders mm-hmm. have been real. The lynchings. Yeah. You know, you you got these young people that are turning up missing left and right. And then sometimes when you do find them, they got organs missing. Yeah. So we're not going to act yeah, like this ain't happening. You don't get to do that. Also, what's going on is now affecting younger people. It's affecting women. It's a, you know, so it's uh-huh. not even, you know, there's no safety. There was a time where I felt safe. I was with Baba so-and-so. I'm with Baba so-and-so. I'm straight. But now that even even women and young girls are under attack, you know, even children yeah. are under attack. This educational system is disrespectful to our children. And so, you know, uh-huh. again, that's helping the generational divide. So it has been it's all over a challenge, you know. That's why we have to find ways to, to have all hands on deck. We all have to be together in this, you know. So, uh, dear Sister Rikita, we have a phone call that I would like to call in. So hold on for just a second, okay? okay? Cool. Greetings, welcome to the show. Greetings. Greetings. Hello? Oh, greetings, greetings. Hey, it's <laughs> hey, um, right. I'm listening, and I heard um one of the ladies calling, and she mentioned something about family, and um, I really think that, especially when it comes to youth, uh, I feel like we definitely need to continue to, you know, to communicate with our elders about things that we may not fully understand. But I do have a question. Um, something you mentioned earlier about giving us the history, but don't give, you know, don't give us the baggage. And my question is, like, with the type of history that we have, how do you not include the baggage? Like, how is, like, how do you give us, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's like you have a choice. 
I'm saying that is going to be extremely difficult for a lot of people to do when you're still dealing with the pain. You're learning how to manage the pain now. But even if you put a small disclaimer in your conversation, like this is my experience here, it's my prayer that you have a better experience, you know, the same way I'm standing on the shoulders of my ancestors. You know, you stand on my shoulders and you have a better experience. You know, don't forget your history. But I want your experience to be better. Even when Chairman said, you know, job well done, because they do have that sense of entitlement with certain things. And I'm just like, yeah, even when I look at the kid, you say you're supposed to have a phone. Like, what? You get a dime in a booth. And then I'm like, man, they don't know what that is. They don't know what a rotary phone is. And it tickled me one time (laughs) when I was fussing about something. And I was like, yeah, I just completely dated myself. But that was my reality. Right. But being right. able to still share that that was my reality and, let, and letting them understand that everyone doesn't have this. So the fact that you do have it, it is a blessing. You know, and give thanks that it is a blessing and use it constructively. So we just have to right. change some terminology when we're having discussions with our youth about different things. You know? Right. I think that's part right. of the solution. Having an open conversation, you know, Showing it's okay to be emotional about some of this. It's okay to say this is where this pain generates from, but it's my prayer that you don't have to endure that same level of pain, but recognize right. where this pain comes from. And that takes this yeah, open I think communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because I know um, definitely with my generation, it's like, you know, we joke about the, you know, the depression and things that we go through. And then you mentioned earlier about us being numb. And we're not, we're not like, yeah. we're not comfortable with being emotional. So because it's like we're already seen as a way for emotional, then, you know, that's a problem. But because we have this understanding, like, we, we, we don't understand that it's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to let those things out. But because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we try to act strong, it's like, no, nah, I can't I can't show that side. So then we just get stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's in a lot of things. We see that stuck. We, the next generation up, see you all getting stuck. You know, um, I don't have the job I want, so I'm stuck. And we're like, don't get stuck. Create your own job. You know, we're like, oh, right. I don't have the exactly. relationship I'm looking for, so I'm we're like bump that relationship keep moving find you somebody in the movement we got you bam roll with it and you're like no I, I mean and so it's like we see the little hiccups that you know that life has these are just life hiccups and we're like you have to keep going because if you're stuck if you get stuck there you're not gonna have enough speed to, go, to make it all the way around you're not gonna have enough speed and so um <laughs> It definitely takes, I don't think you guys have an internal, I question your internal motivation. I think because things are better, I think because UPS is hiring, you know, um, because there's an idea that you can get work, even if it's not the best work, you can get a place, even if it's not the best place, you know, that you don't fight harder because there is an option, you know, um, I remember being a young person, and I had, you know, hanging out in the hood, whatever. And they were, they asked me, you know, well, well, when are you going to have your baby? 
so you can get some welfare. And I was looking like, why would I want a baby for some? Well, why would I want that? Why would I want something I had to carry around? Just and they're like, well, if you have a baby, they'll give you a place and you can get a um, a two bedroom place. I said, why? Yeah. They're like, because that's what they do. And I was like, I said, my mother will kill me. But you know, really, that was the understanding. When you get tired of living, and that's what they were telling me. I was a young. I had to be about sixteen. And they're telling me, when you get tired of living with your mama, just go make a baby, and then the government will give you a two-bedroom apartment. And I was mm-hmm. like, that, that's what I was told. And then I went home, and I was like, well, how, okay, we'll get over the baby-making part, but how does that equal an apartment? You know, why, why are, I'm looking at my mother, why are you struggling to maintain a house when the government will just give you? And then I had to understand that what comes with that giving, you know, that bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So they're only seeing the sweet part where, oh, I'm going to be provided for and I'm going to have my own place and I'm going to decorate and I'm going to buy furniture every year. That's all they see. They don't see you are selling your soul. They don't see mm-hmm. you dependent on a system that disrespects you. You don't see that they're yep. finding ways to permanently keep you away from your black man. They don't see any of that. All they see exactly. is I'm tired of living in my mama's house. I'm gonna give me an apartment. Let's let's hit it. You know what I'm saying? And we have to do better. We have to teach them more. How do we teach this generation, little mama? How do we teach you? Because I don't think you want me to I mean, lecture to you. How do I huh? teach you? I don't think oh. you want me to lecture you. Right, and that that's the thing. It's it's. I feel like we're so used to the microwave way of doing things. We're not, yeah. we're not used to that lecture. Like we, we, we just want something quick and we wanted to, okay, tell me what to do. Let me do it. And it's not that simple, especially with a subject like this. It's just, we, I don't know how I can motivate my generation to just be like, you just got to listen. You have to talk to your elders. Like, Everybody that's on age with me, I always stress to them, talk to your elders while you can now before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And it's just we don't, you don't even have to talk about serious things because you can get those same messages even out of, you know, back when I was your age, you know, we had fun and we did this and that. Like it doesn't have to be negative conversations. It's just talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get whatever message you can out of whatever – you know, whatever that they they say to you. Okay. All right. So I really so just think hearing, it's just a matter of talking. So what I'm hearing is okay, don't be afraid just to open, just, just to communicate. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll well, at least that. for me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it starts with you. You know what I'm saying? As far as I'm concerned, you are the, you are truly the future. You're that next generation. I'm good with that. And if all it takes is me coming off my podium for a minute and looking you in the eye and having a real conversation, I can do that. I can do that. So, okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Go ahead. Go ahead, Sister McGee. No, I was just saying, I think it's important to turn situations into teachable moments. So yes. for those of you that are the musicians, that's not my thing, you know. I dance. 
And I love African mm-hmm. dance, Afro, all that kind of good stuff. Take that and turn it into a historical lesson. Okay, this dance yes. is from Ghana. This dance is usually performed, you know, during this ceremony. This is take it and turn it into a teachable moment. The musicians, mm-hmm. I mean, they're listening to music all day long. Some of this other stuff, got call music, hurt my brain, okay. down, but that's me, and I acknowledge it. So take that and turn it into a teachable moment. Let's talk about what was going on during that decade with that particular genre of music. You know, what happened? Why was this performer unable to perform here? You know, why did Dorothy Danger have to go through the back door for this? Or why did they drain the pool? You know, talk about those things so that, you know, a lot of things the younger generation just feel, well, it's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. No, it's just the sky's better now. It's still there. You have to recognize it for what it is. I'm not telling you to live in it and stay in it, but acknowledge what happened, respect your Mm -hmm. ancestors for the fight, and then you do better so that the next generation after you, they won't have to go through that. But you still have to teach them their history. That's right. So finding different ways. I'm like, even hip-hop, I mean, hip-hop, was they were teaching people. Back in the day, yeah. Originally. They were teaching, yes. you know. Yes. We had songs like Unity. We we had um, KRS-One and all kinds of – they were teaching. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a beat to make you bounce, but I'm going to educate you. I'm going to spark your mind at the same time. So we need our poets. We, we need our musicians. We need all of these – our artists, all these wonderful people to do your thing and turn it into a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. And one last thing, little mom, before I let you go, is I need you to understand that you never too young to teach yourself also. You know, when you see that uh-huh. next generation coming up, because I swear Talib talk about you every single day. So, you know, when you see that next generation coming up, that's your opportunity to share the information that you got from this place, that place, or the other. So, you know, I think if we can get everyone cranking and sharing and building and cranking, then this generational divide won't be as um, won't be as wide, and it won't be you know this blockage. You know we're creating blocks behind it, and that's not healthy for anybody. So you know right. definitely you know keep up, not just listening, but also you have you have things to share that have value too. So don't underestimate right. yourself in the middle of that. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right, all right. Thank you so much for listening. All right, Sister thank Nikita, you. Before we wrap, before we wrap up the show, I got one more caller that would like to speak, and then we'll start up with the wrap up. Okay. Awesome. All right, greetings. Welcome to the show. Peace and power, Black Power, the Zikranis. Greetings. How are you? Love and light. I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. Um, I just right. want to add on to, you know, the great discussion you guys have had going, and um, the 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 cultural divide, uh, the fact yeah. that we as Africans here in America, and to be honest, you know, even our, our brothers and sisters on the continent, we have been torn away from our organic nature of practice within our culture and within our uh, older African traditions. 
you understand, the ATRs, the uh, uh, traditional African systems that, that we have out, out there. You know, even mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, due to pop culture, you know, it will be a one when practicing your own true organic quality of life, you can get shamed by the majority of your peers and people that look like you. You understand, mm-hmm. oh, you're trying to go back to Africa or you, they, they're insisting that you're going wayward from Western culture, in which that is mm-hmm. actually true. But rather than highlighting that and lifting you up, they, you know, probably kind of uh, pick on you, joke on you and, and things of that nature. So I, I think uh, what the sister also just said about there being a need through the, the music, through the rap, because through all of our cultures and traditions as Africans, we know that the drum was of utmost importance as it related yes, to but. conveying conveying um, truthful messages, messages of wisdom, folklore, those inspirational mm-hmm. stories that were to keep lessons uh, very vibrant. You know, those illustrations, just like yeah, as if we watch movies and we're watching cartoons, we're able to, and our children are downloading messages. They're downloading yeah, lessons from these either weird cartoons, these weird shows, or, yep. you know, in some <laughs> minor cases, they're they only going to show something that is going to promote integrity in, in, inside our children. So I think even when we're talking about uh, black people getting out and voting, you know, I think this is where our politics starts. You understand that we all are going to come together on an agreeable fashion that we're going to identify ourselves with, and we're wanting ourselves. Because if not, we're going to be we got people going to be picking Biden, people picking Bill Clinton. What's the use of voting if we're going to be voting all over the place? That voting was about us coming together and actually uh, utilizing that power to affect change for people that look like us. You understand? So uh, I think, again, that is what's happening, especially inside this generational divide, is the fact that the European has definitely been able to now lodge himself up into our culture more. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say anti-culture, and where we are, rather than speak, um, our men singing, even with the R&B uh, stuff, they're raunchy, they're trashy, they're singing yeah. all kind of stuff, you know, uh, they, they're just blatantly yeah. talking about this stuff now. So I think rather than holding integrity for ourselves and thinking of ourselves, seeing about seeing ourselves, seeing our women in a high light, you know, now we want to talk about can I hit it? You know, even the mm-hmm. dudes that are that are that are quote unquote soft, they are talking about hey, let me hit it, and you know they aren't even being nice and respectable, uh, respectful yeah. to the women anymore. So so yeah. it's a thing where now you know it's good that you guys have shows like this, and, and we have to definitely be the voice of our you know, communicating to other people saying, well, hey, this is the way. This is going to be cool. It's going to be cool to lift ourselves up, to call each other beautiful, to call each other king and queen rather than, excuse me for saying nigga and and, uh, bitch, you know, and that's quote. You know, we can't refer to each other. And and going back to, like I said, it would be great if if our children would know collectively who uh, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing were. Were, uh, mm-hmm. were so we can actually mm-hmm. you know have conversation. But instead, we know who Kobe is. We know who Michael Jordan yeah. is. We know who yeah. we know who uh, Lil Wayne is. is, right? And then looking at what their contributions is. are in our yeah. community, really. Yeah, yeah. Not just know who he is. We know his stats. 
We know who he's married to. We know his right. children. We know how much money he made Absolutely. last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not just talking about I know that name sounds familiar. I have become obsessed with who this person is and what they're doing and how they live. I need to see inside their mansions. I need to know how many cars they drive. It is not it's not even a base level knowledge either. You know, it's all of this, you know. And so we're creating a fantasy world where that matters. It only matters to him and his wife. That's the only thing that that matters to. But we have created a place where that has more meaning than what your how many of those same people can tell me the names of their teacher, their children's teacher. I just want to know the name. I don't want to know if they're having a good day. I don't want to know if she's has kids. I don't need to know her stats or anything else. Just tell me her name. How many of us take it to that point? You know, how many of us will know in our neighborhood how many of our neighbors are black and be able to point and say, that one lives there, that one lives there. I've spoken to this one. You know, when I moved into my old neighborhood, I took my my boys are big. I got monsters, okay? But we went and knocked on all the neighbors' doors. Hey, how you doing? This is who I am. This is my son who's a child. I know he's standing five eight, all of two fifty and looks quite menacing, but this is still a thirteen year old boy, okay? He lives right there. So when you see him walking down the street, that's his house. And so and we went to all of our neighbors and, and and let them know. So when he walks down the street, yeah, they're watching him because they know he lives right there. And so we have to get back to the point where we're not so deep in things that are irrelevant to our day-to-day life and moving on things that are going to bring us closer as a community, as a family, as a more educated individual, that we're shining a light so others can see. We have to do more of those types of things. So, ooh, caller, thank you so much for calling and sharing how important it is to have that cultural understanding in place, okay, because we're we're not just islands to ourselves, obviously, you know? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Great Look, discussion. check us out every Thank Sunday. You. Every Sunday. Oh, absolutely. Do absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank uh-huh. you. Peace. All right. Peace. Sister Makita, how you doing? I'm all right. I, okay. I'm all right. You know, you know how I feel when the men folk get on the line. You know, <laughs> it's just different energy. It and is 100%. I think to just to have a brother have a decent conversation. I love it. <laughs> so I was being quiet. I was listening. We know how to be quiet when we want to. <laughs> Y'all always talking about the, you, know. you want the queens to recognize that. That sounds like recognition to me, but you know, hey, that sounds like recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. As as you allow the energy to come forward and then to you know do their thing, I I heard so much of not just um, being descendants of Africans, but I heard a lot of um, black nationalist conversation. When it comes to culture, you know, we have our mm-hmm. own culture. We just mm-hmm. try to recognize it. And we we don't have to feel shame about saying it's from this or that or the other. We don't even have to define it. It's ours. Right. But we have to give it to this next generation 
if they're ever going to feel comfortable, if they're going to be able to say, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, this was just something that we sang on the radio. This was just like everyday, you uh-huh. know, conversation. Yeah, I'm black and proud, yeah. And, I mean, they would look at you and be like, okay, we sing this all the time. What's, your, what's the big deal? These, this generation don't get to sing that. They don't get to sing, to, to say, you know, I believe the children of the future. They don't, you know, there's so much that was given to us, culturally speaking, back in those days to promote pride. To promote a lot of it was given out of necessity. In necessity, yes. it was a yes. necessity. We need yes. you to understand if you if you don't stand up for something, you're going to fall for anything, and everything yes. is designed for you to fall. Yeah. So there was a necessity there. Um, yes. The necessity for for our generation is like it's still there. It never went anywhere. It's just we fought this part, and this part was camouflaged a little bit better, and then there are some laws that we got where we can fight it from a different perspective over here, you know, but that necessity is still there. Absolutely. Our children are dealing, even when we had um, the little sister on in, she was talking about the generation not listening to the elders. It's like sometimes you just got to be quiet and really just listen, and they talk about depression. They take a lot of mental illness. Um, the end thing now, okay, oh, no, I'm being bipolar, I'm being this, I'm being that. If you knew what these conditions really did, you yes. would never even play or joke around that you're dealing with any of those things. You right. know, what you're dealing with is something else. <laughs> and just recognizing it's something else, and everything isn't a joke. And we do like to joke around. We do like to have fun. But everything is not a joke. And this generation has, for them, I believe, have found a way to joke through some things just to get by and just to not deal with it. Because then if I look at it, uh, it's just a joke, then there's no responsibility on me. We need you to take responsibility, and we will take our responsibility, too that we yeah. can do more more as far as turning those situations into teachable moments, you know. And, and, no, you may not be able to reach 100 kids, but if you can reach three, That's take right. them under your wing. That's right. Teach them something. Show them something. And then let it spread that way. Mm-hmm. The village is still Absolutely. here. Yeah. The village is still yeah. here. And I think we have to really – understand that and develop that a little bit more, okay, because I I know some heavy hitters. I know some people, when they talk, I I sit down and be quiet. You know, I'd be like, ugh, you know, they they got it, okay. Um, But we still need to develop it so that we know where the village is, you know. Um, The cranky old man, you can't be chasing people off your lawn and expecting them to sit down and listen to what you have to say. You know, it doesn't happen in both ways. You know, they, they're they like, look, just talk to me. Stop lecturing me. You know, stop, you know, making it seem like I don't care. I care, but, you know, I only got about five minutes <laughs> to sit here and care. So give me what I got. Hmm. Do it in five minutes. And you're like, five minutes? I, I need two years. Yeah, five minutes. Make it good, you know. Um, of course, that's not no way to get no history. But if I can leave you with a if I can leave you with a nugget, just, just something for you to chew on, 
I would much rather have the five minutes give you something that you want, and you'll come back to me, and you'll ask, uh, do you remember when you were talking about this? Can I get some more information? Or how do I fit that into anything else I'm trying to do in my life? Or do you think that exactly. that counts when it comes to this or that? So sometimes, elders, don't be afraid. Now, you'd be like, I can't take uh, Dr. Clark's work and put it in five minutes. I can't. I just can't. I'm not going to be disrespectful. Give them a nugget. Just give them a little bit, you know, and let them come back. You'll see them come back. Um, now, some of them are going to run straight to YouTube, make a bunch of videos, talking and spouting all about these beautiful nuggets. And then someone's going to say, hey, but what about this? And they're like, okay, hold on. And they'll come back, uh, Elder. <laughs> what about this? You know, it's not efficient. It's not efficient. But if that's all that you can get at this moment, I think we owe it to the information. To keep the information alive is more important than mm-hmm. keeping it alive in the manner that you think it should be. You know, sometimes we have to get, like, I don't, I have books in my house. I got paper books. I don't like Kindle. I don't want to read on no computer. I look at my computer screen too much. I don't want to look and read books. I want to hold a book. But if I really want to, if the purpose is me getting the information out to who needs it, I have to work in whatever format works. If I put the whole book in the text message, if that works, then that's what I need to do. <laughs> because what's more important, getting the information out the way I want it out or getting the information out in a way that they're going to get it? You know? That's true. So, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was a wonderful, wonderful program. Um, Sister Kitty, thank for thank you for calling in. Um, you know, starting to show off with your understandings of uh, the, the the black woman in the movement comment. You know, I think that was important. <laughs> I think that was important to have those words said. Um, you know, I, I really do, and I think it was important to have these words said. You know, we need this next generation to know that we're here for you. We want to support you. We want to build you. Um, you're going to have to work with us a little bit, you know, just like we're trying to work with you. And and I think, you know, sometimes extending that, this is that olive branch, okay, family? This is the olive branch. This is us verbalizing. We want to help you, you know. Um, it can't doesn't get any clearer than this. We want to help you. So, you know, um, allow yourself to be assisted and assist us by letting us know what types of things are going to make a difference to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think both of those were, were really necessary pieces, real necessary pieces. And then um, next week I think the chairman's going to have uh, his program mm-hmm. on, and then we'll have, uh, after that, we'll have uh, Chief War and the Panther 48. And so each week you get – Serious information. Um, you get serious dialogue, hopefully honest, sincere words, and you get an opportunity to really kind of hear different styles. That's what I think is so great about this formation is that um, we are as diverse as it gets. 
We are. We are as diverse as it gets, mm-hmm. okay? Um, we all reach different populations, you know? Yes. And it's okay. Absolutely. It's okay. Very we okay. can share the same information, but if somebody want to hear it in the shout form, they may take it better coming from someone else. Yes, <laughs> you know, absolutely. they want to hear from us. You know, Big Mama, we just gonna give it to you. It, it is what it is. You mad? You be okay. <laughs> and we are gonna go fix this tea and fix this food, and we gonna feed you. <laughs> we gonna make okay. you okay, and we are gonna okay. give it to you again. Because at the end of the day, we just want you to get the lesson. Right. You know. Right. That's so, and I'm grateful for all the callers that called in and shared their point yes. of view so that we could have a more intense, uh, open dialogue about some serious concerns. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and, all, and every caller that called in, you know, not only do we have diverse people in the formation, but the callers were diverse, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And um, people had a whole lot to share and to say, in the middle of understanding this generational divide. So, you know, and I, I'm I'm so glad that we were able to communicate without it being finger pointing, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think that that solves anything. In fact, I think historically that's been part of the problem, you know, that I'd like mm-hmm. to point my finger at you and tell you what you're not doing. As you point your finger at me, tell me what I'm not doing. And then now we have a finger pointing contest, okay? So, you know, this, this was to me... Um, moving past the blame because I tell you, if we get caught up in the blame and caught up on trying to pinpoint exactly where this blame goes and how we have to do it, we're, we're, we're losing precious time in finding these solutions. Um, we're, we're losing time. So, you know, we have to get exactly. to the point where we're really just sharing information. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. 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 Well, I enjoyed the show, as always. Okay. <laughs> my dear sister, Makita, I know that things have been quite um, hectic with you in your household. I appreciate your time <laughs> always. I know it's a sacrifice, but, you know. So Listen, um, but I that think... goes back to what we talked about before, you know, when we make commitments to things. Yes, this, yes. This is a commitment. That's right. And I promise and you, honor you, it. I promise you, it, it, it would have to take everything <laughs> for me not mm-hmm. to um, say it. Word is bond, mm-hmm. you know. You got to say mm-hmm. it in your word. Absolutely. If this is my 2%, Absolutely. this is my 2%. If you would have asked me for 7%, you would have been out of luck. But okay. I'm going to give you my 2 <laughs> I'm going to give you my 2 because I committed to that. And that's part of, you know, what can help with the generational issue, too, is to, you know, dedicate time. Both parties dedicate time to teaching, to receiving that information. It doesn't have to be every day. It may just be one hour a week. But dedicate, be committed to something outside of YouTube. Ooh, outside of that YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went YouTube there. Mm-hmm. They've they made so much money uh, half-educating people, and they need to have their own college, the College of YouTube, okay, because that's okay. how people go there. They get that little bit of information, and they run it. They just run with it, and I'm like, you know. So, um, yeah, into a war. Is a no cross-reference. <laughs> no, no, cross-reference. Uh-uh, no cross-reference. Uh-uh. 
That's one thing I loved about working when I was with the five percenters and studying with them. You had to show and prove. So I could tell you which book is this, this, and that. If not, I'm going to be quiet. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You're not about to call me out because I didn't do my research. So it kept you in that constant. um, And it's not even a right or wrong thing. Yeah, it's not even a right or wrong thing. Show me the proof. You know what I'm saying? Show me the proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, that's our notification. We got to make plans. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Tune us out. Tune in next week, same time, eight o'clock. We'll have um, another part of the formation come forward and, and get that education and share with the people. Okay. All right. Thank you. Black power. Black power. <laughs>